This episode of the Beer Brawl is presented with no commercial interruption by simplybeer.com. Every day, baby, when the sun go down, I get with my friends and I begin to clown. I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh, man, you know I ain't high. But you're so high. I'll just take a little bit every now and then. Welcome to another Beer Brawl. This is Peter Kennedy, simplybeer.com. Tonight we have with us Mark Jackson. Hello. And also be drinking with us tonight is uh, Corey Greenberg and Will Hogan. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Great. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just yes. (laughs) Get on with the show. All right. So tonight we're going to change it up a little bit. So instead of doing... Um, several different st- uh, several different commercial versions of the same beer. Tonight we're going to do the same brewery, or in this case, the same brewer. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, McKellar beers. And tonight we have McKellar, not just another wit. We have the McKellar Stateside IPA, and the Beer Geek Breakfast, and the Beer Geek Brunch, which we'll have a lot to talk about when we get to that one. <laughs> Um, so starting off, we have a nice 750 milliliter bottle with a foil top here. Big cage. Actually, it looks like a uh, plastic cork. Yes, it is. A, it appears or, or a synthetic a cork. cork. I don't know if it's plastic, mm. but it's uh, synthetic. I guess that's good for the environment. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that, little lo- bit of, that lovely sound. A little bit of gun smoke coming out there. There we go. Mm, smells good. So this is a wit, which is a, a wheat beer. We'll have uh, some spice to it, uh, fairly low pop profile, big head, big cloudy. A lot of carbonation. Should, should, yeah, should be highly carbonated. So as I was saying when we started, we're doing a brewer, not necessarily a brewery. Now this guy considers himself a kind of a nomad, nomad brewer. He goes to different breweries and makes beer there, kind of like an invitation. Um, So this one here, he brewed in Belgium. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of the brewery. (laughs) Wait, why not? (laughs) No, it's, you know, when when I printed it out. Are we going to have another Le Fend du Monde here? Probably. (laughs) Brewery, something like that? Yeah, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Anyways, okay. it was brewed in, in, in Belgium. Um, it is a wit beer. Mm. It smells good. A little spicy, a little yeasty. It smells amazing. Pretty clear, highly carbonated. Great head, good head retention, too. Yeah. Even got a little bit of legs going on there. It's pretty good for a wheat beer. I'm really sorry I'm not drinking this beer tonight. Smooth. A little spicy. We're touching on the touch on the thin side it, it does i would a little expect a little bit more mouthfeel to it hmm. but it is uh, it does got that nice spicy aftertaste to it with a lot of pepper mm. nice though i like it a little citrus too touch the, the hops are fairly strong in this one um and if we look at the ingredients list here um he does list uh, amarillo hops and cascade hops um, which are quite unusual for a wit style beer. They're generally more an American type of hop. 
uh, rather than a, a German or, or Belgian style. So this guy likes uh, one of his things that he wanted to do as a kind of a nomad brewer was to push the envelope of European brewing. He saw what American brewers were doing, you know, and trying to catch up to Europe and really pushing the envelope and the styles of beer they're making, what they're putting into them, you know, just going, you know, to extremes with the level of hops, the different types of hops, the amount of malt and spices and so forth they're putting into it. And he said, well, why aren't we doing it here? So this guy's going around and trying to push the envelope. And I think you'll see in all of these beers that we taste tonight, he has really pushed the envelope um, with the ingredients. let me ask you something, oh great savant of beer. Um, how does a person get a start on doing something like this? I mean, you just don't walk over to a brewery and say, hey, you know, I want to brew up a batch of uh, whatever extreme beer. So, no, he was, um, actually, he's only been on the scene for, the scene, the beer scene for about three years. Really? And in 2006, um, they kind of stepped away from being home brewers and started winning a lot of awards and accolades and you know really becoming kind of like the beer world's you know next prodigy brewer Mm. uh, if you want to use those terms Mm. and uh, he had a partner a guy named keller which you know mckell and keller he combined the two to get mckeller he went off and decided to become uh, uh, an editor or writer at a a audio magazine instead of sticking with the beer which you know, maybe looking back, <laughs> you know, may not have been the best choice because this is a, a very successful um, brand of beer. I mean, you're get, starting to see it all over the place now. and This is very tasty. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this beer, before we get into the label, is that it's a, a wheat beer, but it's 7.6% alcohol, which is extremely high for a wheat beer. Generally, they're session-style beers, hot summer days they're, they're generally four five percent alcohol so this one actually might be considered like an imperial wit if you want to take it to an extreme which mm. is kind of what he's done with the style i get a sensibility of of uh belgium to it though yeah and, you know you get that sense to it if you were tasting another belgium style beer i think this fits in that in that category quite nicely. yeah, yeah he, he he sticks with the style but he includes, and quite craftfully, if that's a word, um, Amarillo and Cascade hops, which really are fragrant, floral, and and fairly strong hops. So, I mean, kudos. This is a a delicious beer. So he elevated it. He elevated it to a degree by including the certain kind of hop. Yeah, yeah. Instead of um, just sticking with the, you know, tradition German style hops, he included some, you know, what are considered new American hops. I've heard you mention those hops, though, in your own home brewing. Like, yes. you like those hops. Yes, I, I like them a lot. I, I like hoppy beers. The last uh, IPA I made, I dry hopped with two ounces of Cascade hops. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice hop. Now, when we, when we get into the rating of these, how, how are we going to approach it? Are we going to look at them just as these four beers from this particular brewer? No, nah, I think we just look at it. Um, I'll try to tell you about the style of beer. Um, okay. We've had wits before. We, we actually, all the beers that we've had, we've done a we've done beer brawl with them. So we're, you know, at right. least a all touch right. familiar with them. Okay. Um, but, you know, rate it as how you like the beer. 
Um, I'm going to compare it to the style and how I like the beer. Okay. Um, uh, like we usually do. I mean, okay. it's there's no wrong way. You no, know, we, we keep saying to... that there's no wrong way. It's what we feel about the beer. This one I, I really like, and we'll see what the other ones do for us. I thought this was very tasty. This was good. Now, let me hold off on the rating. I'm thinking about it. The nomadic concept is an interesting one. Yes. I, I wonder uh, to what extent you would ascribe uh, characteristics of, of the beer to the facility at which it's been brewed versus... Uh, I, think, I think a lot of these are, you know, collaborations with um, a head brewmaster that's already at um, one of these breweries mm -hmm. um, and, and just kind of trying to get brewers in Europe to expand a little bit more on what they do because they've been brewing for so long for you know generations um, you, you have generations of the same people running the brewery that they get stuck mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. the style um, or, or the, the the recipe and they don't stray much from what they're doing so you know this is kind of his I guess his mission for well, let me ask you this now of course they can say it's Belgian ale since it was brewed in yep. Belgium do they sell this in Belgium? Uh, it, it is. It, you, you can, these are international beers. Um, these are available, as far as I know, at least in Europe, the United Kingdom, and, so and the United just States. interesting if someone were from Belgium and they, they drank this beer in comparison to some of the other beers they have over there, how they would feel about it. I think it's very good. I, I've drunk a lot of wits. I particularly like this style of beer, and I think this is one of the better ones that I've had. It's a nice label. It's got, uh, it's kind of, um, it's simple, but it's got the name of the brewer and, and, and uh, I don't know what kind of font type that is, but it has, it has these um, earthy tone, natural looking bars on the front of the label against a black background. So it's nice. It's the same font they used in the Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus books. <laughs> it, you might be right. Yeah. I think so. It's, it's the, yeah, I've seen, we've seen this before. Like if it's a spy novel, they use that kind of type. Mo Willems. Yes. Okay, I liked it. Good choice. Yes, good. You know, and and even with the strong amount of hops and, and alcohol, you can still taste the spices in these. The the lemon and the orange, especially the orange, um, with a little bit of citrus to it as well. It was a, I thought it was really nicely balanced with all the different flavors. Wow, it's nice to start off with good beer. <laughs> That's really good. All right. Next, we're going to move to the IPA. Uh, I'm kind of doing these in light to dark. Uh, I hope this is the right choice because sometimes the IPAs can get a little bit strong, but I think with a coffee beer and actually two coffee stouts, I think we'll be okay. I don't think we're going to ruin our palates too much here. I don't think we'll ruin our palates. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Whoa. Look at that. That one's highly carbonated. What the, the head on this thing is about two and a half inches. It's a beautiful color. Yeah, and these copper, tiny little glasses. sort of color, right? Yeah. Very, it's, uh, let me see. It's kind of, it's a bit hazy. At least mine's a bit hazy. Touch. I, I can't tell if it's a condensation on the glass or. No, it's, it's, no, it's, it's a hazy. touch, but uh, not, you know, not, I wouldn't say it's anywhere near cloudy. By no. any means. No, it's a bit hazy. It's not, it's not cloudy. This here is a. Uh, Beautiful creamy head. This is a, a American IPA, um, and this one was brewed in Germany um, using all American hops, Chinook, Cascade, Amarillo. They're very mm. popular American hops. 
So why would Will, Will's pointing go to out Germany to me that to do to do all this? Uh, Will Will's saying it was brewed in Denmark. The information I got off his own website was it was brewed in in Germany. Hmm. Uh, I don't know which is correct, the label or his website. I'll go with the label, and say okay, this <clears> is brewed <throat> in uh, Denmark instead of Germany. Interesting. So this is his take on an American IPA. It's not a, it's kind of bordering on the lines of an imperial IPA. It's seven percent alcohol. Um, I, I think this one could go either way, double or you know plain IPA. Um, but it's uh, definitely uh, an American style recipe with the uh, most of the grains that he's used and uh, and the hops as well. You know, it's funny that it, it appears carbonated, but when when it's rolling over the tongue going down, it it has a, a kind of a flat taste to it. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't I'm still smelling it. Okay. See what you think when you... It smells nice, it, but it's almost bordering on the lines of an English IPA in the aroma. Because it's very, it's got, it's got the American IPA's uh, strong citrus aroma, uh, but it's also a bit bready, uh, biscuity, um, which is more traditional of an English IPA than an American IPA. Something not working for me on this one. I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is. It's a bit strange. It's 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 peppery. That's it, there's like a peppery taste to it, and mixed with um, uh, a strong grapefruit taste as well. When it after you swallowed it, a couple seconds later, I'm getting a strong grapefruit aftertaste. Yeah, which which lingers too long for my palate. Yeah, I'm not a big grapefruit I, 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 guy I definitely agree with the, you on that the, one. The, does it seem a little on the flat side though? I mean. Uh... Flat? No. I mean, you wouldn't have a head that lasts as long. No, but the taste, though, I mean, going down, it's just something not... I mean, this doesn't strike me as being a, a refreshing beer. I, I, don't mm. th I don't think it would be. I mean, the wit, I can see drinking that, it'd be very refreshing. This, yeah. to me, I don't know. I, I'm getting, you know, it tastes very citrusy, very peppery, mm -hmm. which is a flavor that I don't anticipate in this beer. And there's nothing... There's not a lot of flavor right up front initially. So uh, in previous podcasts, I've talked about, you know, the flavors. You get an initial flavor right as you the beer hits your mouth. Then there's kind of a middle stage where it's rolling back through your tongue. And then the, the swallow on the back end. And it's kind of three phases of, well, you, yeah, of mouthfeel. You're getting the citrus because it, it says... Uh, uh, American hops <clears throat> provide significant freshness and bitterness with lots of citrus notes. Well, the Amarillo hops are, mm. you know, strong. They're really known for the grapefruit flavor um, from the Amarillo. And the Cascade are very floral and kind of orangey as well. Um, but the Amarillo are very strong on the citrus side. So I see here that they have a Scandinavian Craft Brewers Guild. And there's a similar thing in the United States, right? The American Craft Brewers Guild. So what is the Craft uh, Brewers uh they call it a guild here also? I believe so. It is a guild. What, what does it do for the independent craft brewer? Um, it's not necessarily like a union or anything, but no. it's more of a series of guidelines. They determine what is a craft brewery. I mean, there's limits. You can only sell. You have to sell under 2 million barrels of beer a year, which sounds like a lot, but you have to be, for an American brewery, you have to be solely American held to be an American craft brewery. 
you can't be. I mean, um, and this this leaves me with some like kind of a mixed feeling though, because I've had and, better and, IPAs. And, and, and also and, for at eleven dollars a bottle, oh. it's um, it's a bit steep too. I'd say you know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's been other IPAs that we've had that um, I just think are, oh, are by far better than I mean, this. this. To me, I have mixed feelings about it. Something's not working for me on this beer. Wow, I, I'm a little, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed in this beer. To be quite frank, hard to follow that first one. This one. Well, they're two different things, you know. We, from that standpoint, but nonetheless, keeping in mind what <clears throat> the beer guru said before about comparing it to beers that we've had yeah. I, I don't think this stands up uh, yeah. under this to the scrutiny so to speak all right well now we're going to move on to a bit uh heavier beer we're going to move on to the beer geek breakfast this here is a oatmeal stout Ooh. some name open that beer. right in front of the mic probably heard it. <laughs> That's probably pretty good. So this one's gonna um, be a stout. It's gonna be large, dark, um, seven and a half percent alcohol. It's gonna be very. Ah, uh, look at that. Ooh, pours whoa. nice. Whoa! Yikes! Beautiful. Thick. Huge head wow. on this. Wow. Pour cautiously. <laughs> yeah, for sure. This has about a, wow. This has about four inch head on it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's. It's really cool. You see it. It starts with a little head and it actually it expands. Downward instead of upwards, which is really interesting. Ah, all right. So here, nice aroma. Um, mm. This one here is going to have a lot of coffee mixed into it. It is, it is considered a uh, a breakfast beer. So with that, one would expect coffee. So here we have a oatmeal stout. Oatmeal stouts tend to be smooth, very dark and lush. You could you could smell this for for oh, a long time and enjoy it. it I mean, the this, this one is literally opaque. There's no there's no light coming through here. No light. I mean, <laughs> no light. I mean, it's not even opaque. I mean, it's it's a solid ink black, you know, with a uh, a brown head. I mean, it's a really dark head. Well, very strong in the coffee. It smells like what it's going to be. Let's see. Bit of chocolate. The scent. The scent indicates. Mm. That this should be pretty good drinking. Let's see what we got here. Oh, yum, wow. yum. That is just delicious. <laughs> Everybody on the Remind me at the next bed and breakfast to order this. Yeah, right? I mean, this is... Mm. This definitely has Damn. a quality of an oatmeal stout. It's lush. Um, I, whenever I have an oatmeal stout, I, I, I want to have a lush beer. That's kind of what I yeah. I think of. And this is mixed out with the coffee and the... and. They should serve this at Starbucks. It's perfect. It's a beauty. You I probably, think they, I I think they probably use better beans than Starbucks. You probably almost could put some really excellent coffee in here, like a, in a little bit. It adds something ah. to it even more. But uh, nice, nice legs on this. If you swirl it around, it's you can awesome. see the just sticking to the side. Oh, wow! That's a very strong beer too. Mm -hmm. I mean, don't. I mean, it's lush and it's rich, but it's also very, very strong. And the alcohol, even at 7.5%, the alcohol is still present. Um, whereas the um, the wit we had earlier at 7.6%, I think it was, you couldn't really taste the alcohol. This one actually has a bit of heat from the alcohol with it. Hmm. What's the price on this one? 
Uh, it's probably ten to eleven dollars. Totally worth it. This is a delicious <laughs> beer. Oh my god! I bought this beer, I think, um, in December. If I'm not mistaken, I bought I think about three bottles of this uh, in December. I, I reviewed one on the website on simplybeer.com, and I think I had one just because I wanted to drink it. And, uh, and then we're finishing up my last one here. This is one of my very favorite beers that you've you've had on these beer rolls. It's a, it's a delicious beer. Stra the coffee really lingers with you. If you don't like coffee, this may not be the beer for you. But if you like coffee, and I think everybody here does, um, this is delicious. This would go nice with some mild cheeses, too, I think. It would be very tasty. Hey, it's really funny. We're at the bottom of our beer, and we still have an inch of head yeah. in the glass. There's no, there's, no, like, li there's no liquid left. There's just foam left. Now, let's see what we have here. Uh, nice label. <laughs> Oatmeal stout brewed with actually brewed with coffee, I guess. Uh, coffee beans on the front. But you're not going to get this this strong of a. It's some grains you roast them to a certain point and you get slight coffee notes, but you're not going to get coffee flavor without actually using coffee. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was chocolate in here as well because there is a a fairly strong undertone of chocolate. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yep, I get my two egg whites and a cup of strawberries. <laughs> well, that, now you can add your beer to it. And to beer geeks, like McKellar, a hearty complex stout is the tastiest way to begin the day. This unique mix of an oat and coffee stout creates an intense full-bodied beer, which is surprisingly balanced and full of new taste adventures with every sip. Is this, is this uh, McKellar over here, by the way? Uh, or is that someone from the Red Brigades or something? I don't know. It's <laughs> like a John Wilkes Booth. Doesn't I don't know. I mean, it's, I was just kind of curious. It's, it's, it's one of the guys. And this is uh, this is uh, brewed and bottled by McKellar at I'm not sure how you Norway. say it. Norway. Norway. Grimstad, Norway. Yeah. Norway. Yep. Yeah. It's Norwegian beer. So like I said, we said he's a nomad. Uh, let me just kind of pour a little it bit goes here. Goes well to... with Ludafisk. I once had a beer. <laughs> Norwegian <laughs> beer. <laughs> All right, Mark, don't quit your day job. I won't. That's why I'm here. <clears throat> Trying to make a buck wherever I can. I so it's, 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 so far, it's relatively safe to say, we're getting to the last, uh, the fourth beer of the round, um, that if you see something from the McKellar uh, Brewer, pretty good bet that it's going to be a decent beer so far. But we'll see. And how. If we can get three out of four, <clears throat> I think we can safely say, damn good brewer. I love this is the brunch. <laughs> All right, so well, next... yeah, we drink it for breakfast, then we hit the brunch. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, next up we have the McKellar Beer Geek Brunch, and underneath it it says Weasel. <laughs> and you are laughing because you already know the story, but for those of you who don't, the reason why there's a Weasel on here, this is a coffee stout that is made using civet coffee beans. Now, Civet is a weasel-like cat who only eats these specific coffee berries. That's the only thing this animal eats, is these little berries have little tiny coffee beans inside of them. And if you harvest the excrement of the Civet cat, you will have little coffee beans uh, that have been slightly broken down by the enzymes in the cat, um, and they are then processed and turned into probably the world's 
most or one of the most expensive coffees in the world, and some people swear by it. Other people say it's a load of horse hookie, and uh, <laughs> we are going to try it. Um, I think it's horse hooey, but that's oh, okay. Horse hooey. <laughs> Not quite sure what horse hooky would be, but horse hooey I get. <clears throat> so... Now, this is exciting. This. I mean, this is this is uh, a very kind of I guess one would say rare beer. I mean, there's no other beer on the market. It's that, also that uses a very expensive <laughs> beer. Um, this here is a 22 ounce bottle, and it's uh, 17 dollars. Yes, so uh, you can thank me all. <laughs> um, it's, it just goes to show you, simplybeer.com does not fool around in in the choice of beers that we. Wow. Belly up to the bar with. I so we playing Ella Fitzgerald while we drink. This is wow. a very hard to find beer, and um, man, I, you think the other one was black? This one is got a touch of redness to it too, though. Wow, really? This one seems a bit more in control um, as far as the head goes. Very nice head. Nice head. You know, three quarters of an inch thick here. Um, Rich brown. Beautiful. Yeah, very dark. It is very opaque. Not quite as dark as the other one, but, you know, you don't think for all intents and purposes. <laughs> I think it is letting a little bit more red through. You can see a little bit more of a red hue to it. Yeah. I think it's ever so slightly lighter, you know, but when you're comparing midnight to midnight. <laughs> oh, depends on midnight where. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Very roasty coffee aroma to this. The head is much darker than the last one. There, there's, it's a very dark brown head to this. Mm. I, I could just sit here and smell this coffee. I know. The I coffee. Mean, the, the last one, the last one. There's and, a Freudian slip. Uh, the last one in this one I'm calling boner beers. I mean, no, they're, they're like exquisite. No, I mean, they rock. I mean, yeah. they really rock. I mean, it's, yeah. it's great to have something different. I mean, even if it does cost a fair amount so of this, money this a bottle, beer but... here is 10.9%. We'll call it 11%. Um, it's a, an imperial oatmeal stout. I think I said it was a coffee stout earlier. Yeah, you did. I did. I was wrong. It's a, an imperial oatmeal stout. <clears throat> um, like I said, made by civets, uh, using a civet coffee bean. Looks good. It's kind of interesting. Um, if you swirl it in your glass, the way the laces come down, you can see more of a liquid mm -hmm. sticking to the side. It's really thick. Yeah. I, can, I haven't even tried it yet, uh, but you can tell it's really thick because you have... The liquid is actually sticking to the side like it does in a wine glass. Right, exactly. As opposed to um, the, the foam, you know, it's actually pretty much dissipated in here, which isn't uncommon for a beer that's 11% alcohol. Um, head retention and high alcohol don't necessarily work. But you, hand know, you in don't hand. get a real, like a real strong sense of alcohol uh, in the beer. So, you, you know. can, I, I can smell it right off the nose here. But it's not, it's blended. What I was it's very, saying, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. It's nicely blended. It's not something that you get. Oh, you know. you know you're going to get it. Yeah. You know you can get it. The head's completely gone. Yep. I probably gave your beer a little bit harder of a pour. Oh, man. Than mine. Unlike the breakfast, which. Woo! This is. Um, oh. This is really like. Um, Intense, <laughs> intense, but out of the out of like blows blows it out of the class completely. Well, this is this is I mean, right. the last one was a coffee or oatmeal stout. This one is an imperial coffee right. uh, oatmeal stout. So it is going to be much stronger. It's going to be more malty. Um, definitely 
stronger in flavors to be able to withstand the alcohol in this one. Looks like mm. looks like uh, a clinging to the side of the glass is is like little. Um, uh, I can't think of the word. Particles, perhaps. Sediment. Yeah, sediment. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, this one actually very you know, slight. I mean, nothing objectionable by any means. Yeah. This one actually kind of we, we in beer you talk about lacing um, with with foam from the head. This one here is more like um, wine, and it actually has like legs. So you can see the because it's thick <clears throat> and almost to a syrupy, it sticks to the side. Yeah, I've never really seen you swirl a beer like you're swirling this one. I, I like looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really I always swirl my beer. Yeah. This is uh, good. It's mm. warming. Oh, excuse me. This is warming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Okay. And it's um, surprisingly has a very actually not surprisingly has a very strong bitterness um, at the end really kind of getting into like um, almost into a like a Russian imperial style which is very strong um, in those bitterness I can't really get any oatmeal from this um, it says it's oatmeals are one of the ingredients but uh, oats or oatmeal oatmeal same uh, thing, oats yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not getting that in this beer but uh, wouldn't take that as a complaint. <laughs> this, is, this is a delicious beer. The, the, the breakfast, the breakfast geek, to me tasted like a regular coffee with beer. This tastes like black coffee with beer. Yeah, and this kind of uh, it's kind of almost getting into the barley wine kind of feel mm. to it. It's 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 a little bit thinner. Um, it's not as thick, but it's a little more syrupy, which makes that coat your mouth um, as opposed to filling your mouth then you can really taste the uh, the flavors long after the beer is gone mm. because it's so thick and syrupy that it's really coated your mouth and <clears throat> that could be really bad if it was a bad tasting beer mm. because you get these bad flavors left over but this is oh, delicious and you get the, the a little bit of chocolate strong coffee the malt um, toasted uh, it's really nice the other one though was like like like, like a, a regular coffee like a little bit of milk in the coffee just Rounded out nicely. You liking this beer though? I love this beer. This, uh, this, I tell you. I, but uh, you know it's what? A, it's really hearty. I, I love this beer. My problem is I don't know what the Civic coffee beans are really adding to this. Mm. Um, I think you could get. Don't knock over the beer shelf. <laughs> yeah, before he gets the elbow under the shirt. I can't get up. I'm drunk. I can't get up. <laughs> I don't I don't get why they used I mean, besides using a civet as a marketing tool. I, I don't I don't understand and I'm not getting why um, you couldn't use another less expensive coffee that was, you know, on that exceptional side. Because I'm sure there's exceptional coffee beans. That don't cost twice as much. Costco house. I'm thinking the, the no. carbon footprint of getting the the civet beans from Indonesia to Norway. <laughs> <laughs> to here to the man cave. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say how much they use in here. Yeah. Uh, the exceedingly rare civet coffee has a strong taste and an even strong, even stronger aroma. So it's really tough to say for sure. I mean. Yeah, I might agree with you that the, using a, a coffee bean, whatever, yeah. might might work, but 
I don't know. You know, I'm this beer sure. works. It, it does work in this beer. And, you know, I, I wonder if they tried other coffee beans and found that this one was just added that extra dimension to the beer. We don't know. You know, we weren't in the brewing process, but uh, mm. this definitely works in this beer. All right. Wow. We uh, went well, through those pretty quickly. Well, four beers. Yep. Yeah, we've been doing, you know, eight beers or so <laughs> the last couple ones. This went pretty quickly, I think. So, uh, Corin Will, what was your uh, favorite beers tonight? I liked the Beer Geek Breakfast the most. All right. Pretty easily, actually. Yeah. I, I did like the, uh, the the brunch that we we just tried with the, the civet beans, um, but I just found the Beer Geek Breakfast to be more enjoyable overall. I really I really do enjoy a good head, and especially on a stout uh, type of beer, to see those cascading bubbles just really pleasurable for me um and so i really enjoy the flavor of that one as well in the beer world by the way everyone enjoys good head <laughs> um the the uh the the, the wit i was a little surprised by I, I i usually and i'm not uh, a connoisseur of wits or any other beer for that matter i just kind of like to drink beer um but the uh the wits i think uh i usually associate with being a little more bitter tasting and, and cloudier looking which I, I wasn't getting from this one maybe, yeah that, that maybe was I have a misimpression of what it, it was a be. pretty clear beer for a wheat beer uh, mm -hmm. I was a little surprised on that one but mm -hmm. um, but it tasted fine the the, uh, the IPA I was not very impressed by yeah and the uh, the the brunch was nice also um, it's hard to imagine justifying 17 bucks for a you know Sorry to bring up that that factor, but hey, listen, my friend. When you when I get to my review, review you'll understand why you would spend seventeen dollars <laughs> on this beer. <laughs> okay, okay, but um, but it was nice. It was nice. It was more like a liqueur kind of a uh, sense to it for me. And how about you, Corey? Well, I got <clears throat> yeah, come over here, <laughs> microphone. So, you know, I I have very little to add to Will's uh. To, to Will's characterization, I, I, I but I, I did think that I'm not gonna, you know, waste time rating the beers because I thought the first one, the Wit, was a delicious beer, uh, you know, excellent. The IPA, I agree with you guys, wasn't really blown away by it. I, I, I thought it was actually quite thin, to be honest with you. The, um, the, the, uh, the Weasel Shit beer, you know, it was, it was. It was good, but it was heavy. I mean, I can't imagine... Okay, now I'm going to have to put an explicit warning on my... <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine drinking uh, one of those, much less a couple of them. And I, frankly, I, I, I don't like black coffee. I like coffee with a little bit of milk, what they call regular coffee here in the eastern seaboard. The uh, the, the, the Breakfast Geek beer, ah, just phenomenal. One of, one of my favorite beers ever. Uh, in the top three beers I've had at these beer brawls, just a perfect beer totally delicious uh you know what what more can i say just a perfect 10 rated r for coarse language yes okay I'll, I'll adhere to our usual way of doing things to start at the bottom rung of the four beers that that were chosen for this beer brawl by simplybeer.com uh, my lowest one actually i gave a, a was the uh stateside ipa didn't work for me uh, to me, I just really had mixed feelings about it. There are a lot better IPAs out there that I would spend my hard-earned money on. Uh, gave it a 90. Still respectable. I appreciate the effort, as we always say. Um, I wouldn't rate it lower than that. But 
in the context of the others, it, it fell a little short. Next up uh, is the uh, Not Just Another Wit. And to me, I thought that was a great beer. Kicked up the whole idea of a wit a notch. Uh, I thought that adding uh, the spice really gave it, a, uh, gave it a special element to the taste. Added a little something extra that you don't find as often in a wit beer, I think. So I gave that a 95. Certainly, certainly if you like wit beers, good one to choose. Big scores. Um, I was impressed with the McSkeller, actually, and McKellar. I thought, uh, I thought that uh, I like the idea. Yeah. The whole idea. Yeah, the nomadic of brewer. Yeah. You know, and I, maybe I'm hedging a little bit on that in that respect, because to me it seems kind of edgy, kind of sort of a thing to do. Okay, and uh, actually. Um, I gave the breakfast uh, and the brunch an identical score. I'll start with the geek breakfast first. Um, so identical is it a tie, or did you favor one? Well, of I'll tell you what. Right, in right. a second, um, you can't wait for the punchline. <laughs> no, I, I think that the breakfast was really an extraordinary, rich, dark, full-tasting beer. I mean, a hell of a great stout that really hits the mark. I can well imagine having it for breakfast. You know, some of these things they call certain things, and you say to yourself, "Well, I don't know, it's like marketing or something." But I can imagine having that with breakfast, and I think it would be a great beer to go with my McDonald's uh, egg and cheese. Uh, no, just kidding on that one. But really, I think that the, the truly extraordinary one was was the is the uh, the brunch, excellent, delicious. Uh, and I would imagine it to be absolutely outstanding if you were really serving it at a brunch. You had some friends over and you said, I'd like to share something special with you. You mentioned before, I think, about spending the money. What, what would be the justification? Going back, thinking back to when I was a single guy, and I, I consider myself adventuresome. I like, I like the edginess of trying new things. So I think it has that, that cachet, so to speak. For the adventuresome man who's really wooing the adventuresome woman. Just describing this beer and saying, come on over to my house for brunch. I'm going to make some nice eggs, a little bit of bacon. And I have this extra special beer for you that you're going to absolutely love. 98, 98 on both the breakfast and the brunch. Wow. I think they're both wow. outstanding. I think, they're in, I think they're in an A class. I'm with you there. Okay. Wow. All right, so uh, for me, the um, bottom of the barrel was it really wouldn't the say it was the, the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> you know, quite frankly, all four of the beers were were delicious, um, but I put the stateside IPA at the bottom. I gave it an eighty-eight. I think I've had far better IPAs, American IPAs, than this one. It kind of for me swung back and forth between an English IPA. An American IPA, and I kind of wanted to go one way or the other, and I think that was my problem with the beer. And it also had too much of a peppery taste to me. Next on my list was the Not Just Another Wit. Uh, that one I gave a 92. I, I Probably one of the best wits I've, I've had. Good use of American hops, kind of taking it up another notch to uh, make it almost an imperial style beer. Imperial, the double whatever was in the regular version. So uh, a 4 or 5% ABV regular wit up to a 7.6, in my opinion, is an imperial wit. And I like to call this an imperial wit. 
Um, next up for me was the Beer Geek Brunch. I liked it a lot. Uh, I gave it a 93. My one problem was it was it took too much out of the head of the beer. Um, there was no head left to it. And when that goes, then the aroma starts to go with it. Um, and it was a, a little bit on the syrupy side. But the flavors, which is pretty much the key thing in the beer. I mean, to me, it's flavor, aroma, and looks. Here, the flavor was delicious, which is why it got the score it did. If it didn't taste that good, there's, there's no way I could have given it an A score. For me, the winner this week was the uh, Beer Geek Breakfast. Well-balanced, uh, extremely delicious stout. Strong coffee flavors that didn't overwhelm you. Mal it, it really balanced out with the alcohol and the malt. and, and the. So for me, the Beer Geek Breakfast, the winner. What, what score did you give it? Oh, nine, 94. 94, which for me is... You know, top-notch. Um, uh, in my scoring, I, I always leave room for, you know, something bigger and better. Mm -hmm. There always will be something bigger and better. If I start giving, you know, 98s, 99s, you know, that doesn't leave any room for the next perfect I, beer. I don't think I agree with that. <laughs> it's just like say you give a movie an Academy Award, and the next year you can't give another movie an Academy Award because that's already the best picture. Well, you are the what genius is, what is that, of the beer. What, what exactly yeah, does that go. mean? I mean, you know. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, no, what exactly does that mean? But you, you know, know what? It goes to the head of the class. At <laughs> the same time, I think I've had better stouts than the Beer Geek Breakfast. So for that reason, I can't give it anything higher than what I gave it. There are better stouts out there than the Beer Geek Breakfast, but it is a top-notch beer. There's, there's my I agree with you about the head on the on the brunch and I thought it dissipated a little bit too quickly it was too it, was, it looks nice on the poor right uh, but you know it's also a problem <laughs> with flash <laughs> no um, but gee right <laughs> be better for pancakes. you, you know over pancakes. but but the thing <laughs> is at, at 11 percent the alcohol really does take a toll on the elements that really help create the head so so uh, maybe ratchet ratcheted back just a touch on on the alcohol you think if you were brewing the beer no okay. no I, I think you might get dizzy watching a this red video. light there's a red light i, I can't function <laughs> Corey's using my flip and uh and and recording us right now it's switching well, back you know, and forth we really could quibble quickly. about the 98 and uh but i i think what's essential here what's kind of important is that we all we yeah. both agreed and you know that the uh the consensus pretty much followed form yeah yeah the two stouts were the best of the bunch the wit next and uh the ipa left something to be desired um, i mean can you imagine having that brunch beer with with a mm -hmm. with a nice canadian bacon and some really oh, nice fresh farmings. I, I like that too. <laughs> it, it is interesting that, that he's he's going to uh, sort of exotic locales or for for Americans going to European breweries. Norway is quite exotic. Bringing American ingredients. Yep. Is he also using integrating uh, local ingredients? Yeah, a lot of these had German hops, um, Munich malt. I mean, yeah, and, the grains and, using and so the forth. Local facility brewery facility most um, likely it's, it's a it's a fascinating concept very yeah. interesting very cool yeah globalization yeah beer but i want i wonder if he took the same 
ingredients um, and approach, like the same recipe, and did it at sort of a, a U.S. brewery. Well, it's, it's kind of funny you say that. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn Brewery, they, they did that with uh, Schneider, which is a, a German company really known for their uh, wheat beers, their Weiss beers. So there's a Schneider Brooklyn Weiss in Germany. Mm. And in the United States, there's a Brooklyn Schneider Weiss. Ah. Right? Two, almost the same recipes, brewed in two different locations. Slightly different changes on the recipes for the, you know, whoever was brewing it, whether... Um, you know, Brooklyn was brewing it, or, or Schneider was brewing it. They they changed a, a little bit on it, um, but the same concept. It's kind of like uh, a lot of collaboration, and it's a pretty common theme going on in the brewing industry right now is collaboration between brewers and breweries. Um, and to have a perfect experiment, side by side comparison, you need to brew simultaneously. And then meet midpoint in the Atlantic with with equal <laughs> shipping conditions. Hey, listen, just and remember, and then, then try them side pirates. by side and see what right. you think. We're gonna we're gonna ratchet it up a bit, I guess, in a little over a month or so for simplybeer.com because I'll be visiting Germany. Ah, and, yeah, we'll uh, try to be get, doing uh, some, some on the scenes reporting, hopefully from the Polliner Brewery. Nice, and mm. and other, I'll be actually going to Munich. So I'll be visiting the beer halls and talking to the. You gotta go lines. to the Polliner Beer Hall. Uh, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go and uh, I'm gonna flip video and uh, blog back. Cool. And uh, it should be Excellent. a lot of fun. And also another announcement for Simply Beer is uh, we're gonna be taking this podcast on the road. Yes. We have uh, two dates lined up. Uh, one in our in... cars. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're gonna be sitting out front in our cars. <laughs> we're going in our car out here. Uh, we're going. Um, in two weeks, we'll be at a uh, a liquor store, and then liquor outlet, liquor outlet with the wall of beer. Yes, and then uh, a couple weeks after that, we'll be going up to uh, Andy's Corner Bar in uh, Bogota, New Jersey. And if you guys are familiar with that bar, it has quite a reputation as a uh, real class A joint. So. Pretty excited about class that. Class A joint. It sounds like something Frank Sinatra would say. <laughs> yeah. Let's have class A joint. Hey, come on, we're from Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, good brawl. Good. All right, so this concludes another successful beer brawl. I think this week, uh, I don't think there really was a winner. I think they all were good beers, good brewery. I really can't complain too hey, much. Any any adventuresome chicks out there that yeah. want to try some of that uh, brunch beer, call me. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> that's Mark Jackson. Thank you, Mark. He lives at <laughs> and his wife's email address is. <laughs> and uh, Will Hogan and Corey Greenberg, thank you. Uh, I add uh, content several times a week on simplybeer.com, so read and leave your comments. You can also subscribe to the Simply Beer podcast on iTunes or follow Simply Beer on Twitter. You can also join our uh, Facebook group. I think we got 750 fans there now. This is Peter Kennedy, brewer and creator of Simply Beer, saying goodnight and may your pint always be full. I'll be back tomorrow night and drink some more. I don't care what the people are thinking. I ain't drunk. I'm just drinking. But you're so high. Oh, no, you the one drunk. Look at your eyes, man. But you're so high. Don't you tell my lady now.